Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast, coming at you live on a Thursday. Joe and Josh in the house. You got your championship weekend preview, Drew Locks and the mailbag. Got some fun <laughs> uh, questions in there, NFL theme. But speaking of questions, Joe, question of the day. Gonna gonna set the scene here a little bit for you and put this on blast and just kind of see if there's any necessarily reason for it, but. Where uh, were you a uh, Fox Prairie or Yahara? Oh, Fox Prairie, Fox all Prairie, day, baby. you betcha. All right, with your brother. <laughs> well, you uh, we can both picture ourselves sitting in third grade at Fox Prairie and the teacher up in front of the class talking about a topic that was pertinent to our learning that we were going to have to do for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I know. Why in the going. fuck did we have to learn cursive other than <laughs> signing our it. name? I for real. It. Sorry, we're going to have to throw the explicit tag. We earned that one early this episode, <laughs> but for real, why did we need to learn cursive? I don't did, did they think computers weren't like computers were existent at that time. <laughs> oh yeah. It's not like I went to the computer like we lab to play some typewriters. Trail. <laughs> like oh hell yeah, that game rocked. <laughs> Oregon Trail of uh, what was the other one? Uh, Carmen Sandiego? Yep. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> so, like, compu- everybody had computers at home, too. Like, they would require us to, you know, they would either assume, like, either your parents have a computer or you need to, like, go to the library and, like, do some stuff, like, print out, like, for printing stuff out and that kind of stuff. Like, computers existed. Did they not think that? we were going anywhere with these? Like, did they think we were going to be writing handwritten notes? Like we were Edgar Allan Poe. (laughs) Like, what are we doing here? So the, the only thing that we got out of that is for writing our signature, which we could have written, which we could have figured out in like art class or something. Like we spent a lot of time trying to learn cursive When's the last time you wrote a cursive Z? Probably third grade? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, what a waste of time and effort and energy. And not even computers. It's like, even just in my everyday writing, it's so much easier and more convenient to go through and just write normal print. And I mean, and so I don't much know to anyone read. that even uses cursive. And if I did, and I'd have to like, well, what the hell does this say? Like, no, I don't remember because <laughs> nobody writes with it anymore. Like, come on. It's like, <laughs> it's like hieroglyphics at this point. <laughs> right. What does that symbol mean? It's going to rain? What? <laughs> <laughs> just stupid. But yeah. Anything else from school that uh, you can think of that was just stupid? I mean, pretty much. Long division. I mean, there's, to this a point of, with there's a lot of I like, mean, it's... like learning how to do long division. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I guess the whole point of it was like, I don't know. There's no point to cursive. That that was that was <laughs> the most useless thing we probably learned. Long division, I guess, like so that you can learn how math works. Maybe that's maybe that's kind of the point of that and I, I the I 
the lattice method of multiplication. Did you ever do me- the lattice method where you had to draw the big, you had to draw the box <laughs> no, and, and so. use diagonal lines and do all this <laughs> no. weird stuff? <laughs> just, just some asinine stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm just, you know, doing a podcast rather than solving, you know, doing rocket science instead. <laughs> right. You know, that's what I'll blame it on. I'll blame it on elementary school. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. When you go to YouTube, don't type Dead Arm Sports in cursive into that search bar. Type it in print. You'll <laughs> find us How there. How would you do <laughs> Imagine if every key on your laptop <laughs> was, was cursive. written cursive letters. <laughs> oh, nope. <laughs> I would have no idea what to do with the letter Q. I don't even know. What is it? What is a Q? In- uh, I guess I kind of know. Yeah, it's like a backwards it's like a loop, and then it, it like a comes down, and then it loops pee. back and touches, yeah. like gives the gives the circle a little kiss, and then it jets out. <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll like do. Most of my dates. One of these QOTDs. I'm gonna say write down every letter in the alphabet quick, and see who the first one is that can get them all right. <laughs> that, thrilling audio. <laughs> yes, just amazing audio. <laughs> On YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Click the bell. That way you know when our live episodes drop. We monitor that chat box. You can ask us any questions there. Otherwise, if you miss out, Joe can be found at DasGel. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at DasJPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Hit us up. Give us a follow. Follow us at Dead Arm Sports. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that written review. We will get you some swag for free. Hard to believe NFL Championship Weekend is here. We are two and a half weeks away from the Super Bowl, which seems just crazy. It seems like we were just previewing the season and how excited we were for it, and it's winding down slowly. But uh, first game up on the slate this weekend NFC Championship game in Philadelphia, 49ers at Eagles. Eagles coming in as two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. I guess with that thrashing that they just gave the Giants, does that line surprise you at all, Gel? I mean, San Francisco's defense has played phenomenal this postseason, so I'm very curious to see that 49ers defense versus that Philadelphia offense. I think that's one of the matchups I'm looking forward to the most, but does that – line surprise you at all with how easily Philly was moving that ball last week and just kind of how the 49ers offense struggled a little bit against the Cowboys last week or do you think this line's appropriate I think it's a perfect line I think it's exactly where I would have put it if I were an odds maker um these are the two these are the two best rosters in the NFL not the two best quarterbacks but the two best rosters in the NFL that and and they're both extremely physical. I see it being a low-scoring game. I, I We might be looking at a 17-14, a 17-16 type of a, a 20 to 17. Maybe somehow, maybe there's maybe it's 17-18 because somebody goes for two somewhere <laughs> in some weird spot. Sirianni, you never know what he's going to do. So <laughs> I, I think it's a perfect line. I see this being a two to three-point game. Right now it's at, like you said, minus two and a half in favor of Philly. I could see it being a two to three point game. So this is exactly where I'd have it. You've got, I mean, and, and really look, I mean, these two teams are extremely similar. Best offensive line in 
all of football in Philly. You've got, you know, a prob- a likely Hall of Famer in Lane, probably almost a lock already, Hall of Famer in Lane Johnson as your right tackle. Jason, Kel- Jason Kelsey on his way to being a Hall of Famer as your center, first team all pro versus San Francisco's offensive line. Trent Williams at left tackle, who's probably the best left tackle in the game right now. Mike McGlinchey, another good tackle. First round pick, not a great first round pick, but still a start, a good starting yeah. right tackle. They're both teams very run heavy. Uh, I mean, Kyle Shanahan and Sirianni, as well as Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, you've got weapons for days in that running game. Shanahan's running scheme is undefeated. I mean, it's okay, not undefeated literally, but it's one of the best running schemes we've ever seen. He obviously got it from his daddy, Mike, who invented that zone running, that zone blocking scheme. And Kyle's taken that running scheme to another level. Somehow it seems like the Niners, there's always just on every run play. Somehow they have an extra offensive lineman. It seems like I don't know (laughs) how. There's just always one extra guy that's blocking, so it's juice. (laughs) (laughs) So I love it. I'm I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I think it's gonna be. I think this is gonna be a hell of a game. Um, And it's it's old school football, man. It's not it's not just air raid, throw it out, let's whip it around and go for you know a forty five to thirty eight type of game. It's old school physical football, you know, and that's what. Works in the playoffs. Refs aren't calling. They won't be calling ticky tack, you know, pass interference stuff or pass interferences, roughing the passer. They might even, they might let these guys hold a little bit more. They'll let these corners be more physical with these receivers. Both teams have stud wide receivers and, you know, just, just pass catchers out of the backfield in, you know, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, eh, we'll see his role in this game. It'll be interesting to see how, what kind of a factor he plays versus Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, best all-around back, I think, in the game right now, you, at least in terms of what he can do on, you know, both the receiving and in the, uh, and in the running back, you know, just traditional rushing the ball. Elijah Mitchell, great compliment to McCaffrey. Debo, Ayuk. Kittle, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith having a real nice breakout season. Dallas Goddard was a huge factor in last week's game. So I think these are two really, really nicely just rosters as a whole, really nice balanced teams, and and including defensively. I mean, Fred Warner, probably the best linebacker in the game. Darius big play slay, one of the best corners in the game. He ended up being an all-pro so, you just got playmakers on both sides of the ball. These are the two best rosters in football as a whole. Robbie Good is gold. Shit, he may he may be the best kicker. He's the best kicker that's left in the playoffs. He might be there right behind Justin Tucker as the number two kicker in the game. Sorry, Bears fans. I'm sure you miss him. <laughs> One of the dumbest decisions ever. I never understand why you get rid of a kicker to try to save yourself 500k or a million dollars i never get it that's the bears you now it's now you've been rotating through kickers since you let him go so how do you feel about that one i just i think that i think it's a perfect line at two two and a half in favor of philly 
Are we? Am I? Are you asking me to make my pick now, or do you have? Uh, let's let's go through your kind of opening thoughts on this game, and then we'll break down our picks Sounds in a little good. bit. Yeah, no, I I agree with everything you said with it. I think it is a good line. I think it's going to be a close game, and it's it's one of those rare rare years. You can do it, bud. <laughs> rare years so far where I think all four teams that are left in the playoffs were the best four teams throughout the course of the season. I absolutely think that they all were consistent. Yes. San Francisco started off a little bit slow, but they're just kind of feeling things out with Trey Lance. Obviously he went down with that injury, Jimmy G get thrown in, then Brock Purdy and the adversity that they've had to go through just shows a lot from them, which is awesome. But I don't know. The Eagles team has been rolling. They rolled last week and we're putting up a lot of points. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have to throw the ball in this one. That's what concerns me a little bit. We didn't see a ton last week, so is he going to be a little bit rusty? Yes, he threw a touchdown pass, but didn't really need to throw the ball a lot. I mean, they're running all over the place, and they're not going to get that with San Francisco's defensive front. But I... I ultimately, I think the 49ers defense is going to be the deciding factor in this one, and I think the 49ers are going to be the NFC championship champion this year. So I, I'm going to take 49ers in this one, and I, I like them making the Super Bowl. I think that the difference here is going to be Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to take Jalen in this one. He's been. He's been right there within, you know, up in the top. He's going to end up finishing probably number two in these in the MVP vote to Patrick Mahomes. And we saw his value even more when he was out, when Gardner Minshew was in. That Eagles team looked nothing like the stud that the stud team that they were before he was injured. Those two games when Minshew had to come in. Not the same Eagles team. It just shows me how big of an impact Jalen Hurts has on this team. I'm going to take Philly. I'm going to suck it up and take the, you know, minus two and a half. I'm going to have them covering the spread as well. And I I think we're looking at a Phillies. Uh, or we're looking at Philly being in with the Phillies <laughs> as World Series uh, contenders and Super Bowl contenders. That was a really poorly worded <laughs> sentence there, but you get the picture, I hope. <laughs> got there eventually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got followed up by the AFC Championship game. You got Bengals, Chiefs, and, I mean, we all know what the main storyline in this one is. What is the health of Patrick Mahomes? We're recording here on a Tuesday, so when you're listening to this, probably got a little bit more information, but I don't think he's, like you had said last episode, Joe, he's not going to be practicing much, if at all, this week. Not that he really needs to. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's on the same page with all of his receivers, one of the best quarterbacks improvising in the game. But that's a huge thing. What's his mobility going to be? They're going to have that ankle, I'm sure, heavily taped up, so you can't imagine he's going to be very mobile in this one. But what what are some of your things here? I mean, if you're the Bengals Knowing his injury, I mean, I'd be sending the house on almost every play, every obvious passing down. And I think the Chiefs are really going to have to switch up their game plan in this one and try and get that ball quickly out of Mahomes' hands to avoid that pass rush. I mean, if he's holding on to the ball, trying to let stuff develop, if I'm the Bengals, I'm blitzing. I'm I'm sending one, two guys, put some pressure on him. And you know he's not going to be very mobile getting out of the pocket, one of his strengths with that. So I... I think the Chiefs need to find a way to maximize getting that ball out quickly. 
we saw what happened to that USC offense when Caleb Williams had his ankle injury against that very physical, tough Utah defense. And what Utah did was, you know, a lot of times when you have to, when you're putting, if you're going to rush Caleb Williams, you also, you have to kind of, you have to rush both, you have to rush the edges up the middle and have a spy. It's kind of the same deal with Mahomes where you, you can't just blitz up the middle because he is so elusive and able to get around on the outside when fully healthy. I think that there's going to be a, there's going to have to be a massive change in Kansas city's offensive philosophy, knowing that if Cincinnati's smart, you just, you just bum rush four guys at him. And knowing that, He's not going to be able to run. He's not going to be able to escape the same way that he normally can. So you almost attack him the same way that you would a Tom Brady or a or a Peyton Manning at this, you know, back in at the end of his career where you can just bum rush up the middle. And what Brady and what or Brady and uh, Manning were great at was getting rid of the ball really quickly, being extremely quick on their feet, making those quick decisions and being extremely accurate with the ball. Mahomes is but Mahomes has never had to be that type of a player. A lot of his game, like you said, is that kind of that improvising and and getting flushed out of the pocket and making dynamic plays. We're not going to be we're not going to see that this game and it's a little bit disappointing because we I think we're looking at the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. In, in Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. Sucks that one's only going to be at 65% of his normal self. I mean, if we're being totally honest, yeah. it's he's still going to have the arm. He's still going to be, he's still going to have the, you know, be able to make those random spectacular throws. But we saw him miss some throws in last week's game. That ankle was bothering him. He's not going to be able to run around as much. It's his plant foot too, so he's not going to have the same strength behind his throws. I'm pretty concerned about it, man. I really am. And this is the kind of stuff where, you know, if you don't have that full bot, that full lower body strength, that's when you start to overcompensate with your arm, and that's what leads to overthrows, which can lead to picks you know, overthrows that end up right in these safeties laps. So I think we might be looking at a two interception game from Mahomes here. Cincinnati's a two point favorite. They're on the road. I, if I'm, I mean, I'm going to get straight to my pick at this point and <laughs> I'm taking Cincy with the, even, you know, suck up the two points. I'm going with the two favorites here and I want to see if Mahomes can be Superman. I, I kind of hope he can because it would make for a much more entertaining game, but I'm going to take Cincy here with the points and it just because, God, Burrow's got something about him. Mahomes in a limited fashion. I mean, they're going to be relying a lot more on guys like McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, who have been nice this season, but they've been nice also with the threat of knowing like with the defense having to understand that they're facing a 100% Patrick Mahomes it's not the same 
It's not the same without him being 100%. That defense is going to hone in on the running game, hone in on the middle of the field. Mahomes, I mean, think of some of those Mahomes, some of his best plays are him just rolling out and, you know, finding in the Super Bowl, finding Tyreek Hill after a busted play and 45 yards down the field. Like, those are some of the best plays in Mahomes' career. He's not going to be able to do that. It's going to be a very, it's going to have to be a very much more methodical game plan from Kansas City this game than probably what they're used to. So I really, I, and, and Joe Burrow, I think, is just, that guy's the real deal. He's, he's proven to me that he's, he's right there with Mahomes at the top of the league in terms of quarterback play. He's got something about him. He's got this, I don't, I, it's, do you call it cockiness or do you call it just like extreme confidence in a like like there's such a fine line between confidence and cockiness. I don't know if he does it if he I don't know if he's quite a dick yet enough <laughs> enough of a dick to call him cocky where I think he's still in that like young he's got that young confidence um about him and I like that. I I think that that's true young confidence or true confidence versus like Baker who <laughs> Baker was just a cocky jackass <laughs> like back in yeah. Cleveland. So I Joe Cool, I'm going to ride him. I'm going to ride with him, not going to ride him myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you on that. These two teams faced off in the regular season in Cincinnati and with the healthy Patrick Mahomes, they were able to limit him to 223 yards through the air. So they're not going to have a healthy Patrick Mahomes in this one. And I think Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, like you said, has been on a roll lately. Their offense seems to be pretty hot right now, and I think that's where I'm going to lie with this one. As much as I want to take the Chiefs and try and climb back in this one in our uh, points race here, you have a 2 nothing lead on me. I just I can't. It's The Bengals just seem destined for the Super Bowl again this year and probably would be the favorite at this point in time, depending on who they played. Maybe the Eagles would be if they got matched up, but – I yeah I I see the Bengals winning this one. I I don't know if it's really going to be close. Where do you think this line would be if Mahomes was one hundred percent? Probably flip to two point favorites. You think it just you think it'd still just be two? I for think that's, Yeah, I think that's why it's where it's at right now. Obviously, is because of Mahomes' health. But I don't. The way that the Bengals have been playing, they beat them earlier this year. They won here last year. Joe to Burrow's go to the four and zero against so, the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> Four and zero. Oh. That's he insane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, Patrick Mahomes here. Um, I you know I'm I'm out here. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just fight for my team. I'll be out here. Uh, I'll be out here all week and uh, really really making sure that I give it my all. Uh, Travis, or my my buddy Travis Kelsey. I'm I'm banking on him having a really nice week. I know I know I'm facing uh, one of the best in the league and Joe Burrow. We're you know we're two of the best out here. Uh, but, uh, you know, I trust Andy, I trust the staff, I trust uh, the, the medical team out here, and uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out here to fight. My name is Patrick Mahomes. Is it Patrick Mahomes or Kermit the Frog? <laughs> Same thing! <laughs> is Miss Piggy there? <laughs> oink, oink. <laughs> Anything else from She's this She's in one? the bedroom. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, we already threw that explicit tag out there. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anything else from this one before we jump into our Drew Locks? 
I'm just, I, I can't imagine, like, I mean, we had our super wildcard weekend, which was super. It was exhausting. There was a lot of football, but it was, it was mostly all amazing football. Last weekend, let's be honest, not great. Kind of boring. Super duper pooper. Super duper weekend. pooper. <laughs> I think we're in for I think we're in for a treat this weekend. I just I especially that NFC game, San Fran yeah. Philly. I think that's gonna be the that may end up being the game of the year. Again, low scoring. It might not be the prettiest football. But a lot of times that's you know, I like kind of having some of those throwback games. It was it was kind of nice seeing a low scoring, you know, constant one possession game in that San Fran uh Dallas game last weekend. So I'm thinking it's going to be the same here. The difference is we get an actual good football team in Philly versus a garbage football team in Dallas. So I think that's going to be the best game of the weekend. Cincy KC. Uh, I'm just, I'm you know, if I come out here and play at 100%, I think we have a really good chance. My name is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> Moving into our playoff Drew Locks. Uh, if you're due to the show each week, Joe and I keep fantasy points for quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, playoff edition. So it restarted. Once you use a player, you cannot use them again. So you're kind of trying to strategize teams that might not advance any farther and wanting to have guys left when it comes time to the Super Bowl, essentially, at some of those key positions. Um, but uh, Got a slim lead last week. Gel got the victory over you, 26.68, 25.67. So I'm up by, I think, like four to five points right now. I don't have it right in front of me. But, uh, yeah, I got first pick this week. And I'm going to go with the hot hand in Cincy in Joe Mixon. I think I'm going to roll there. Chiefs have been giving up some points on the ground. I think this one's going to be – pretty decent so i'm gonna go with mixon might even get a receiving touchdown in this one i think he's gonna be an integral part of cincinnati getting back into the championship game into the super bowl so i i like joe mixon i'm gonna ride uh patrick mahomes best friend in the receiving game and i'm gonna go travis kelsey i i think that you know like i said it's gonna be a limited i think a limited play call sheet and Kelsey's going to just have a really nice day there. It's going to be a lot of probably a lot more short passing. He's going to rack up a ton of receptions and hopefully get, you know, get me another, get me another hundred yard game that he has been, that he did last week. So banking on that and in a touchdown. Nice. Travis Kelsey, baby. Do you want to do that voice again for me, Joe? Cause that is who I am going to take for my quarterback. Oh, you believe in me? I do. I think he'll be all right. I don't expect a huge game here, but I, I'm going to roll with Patrick Mahomes in this one. All right. Taking care of that backfield. I'm going to flip over to the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I'm I'm looking for a big day from A.J. Brown here. I think that I know Devonta Smith has kind of been the hot hand. A.J. had a weird week last week. Um we saw him kind of pouting it looked like at the end of that Giants game and I don't know why because they were up by like 30 at the time but 
maybe this is going to help force Jalen to get him the ball. Like you mentioned earlier, I think that Philly's going to be forced to throw the ball a little bit more than they have had to recently, especially last week against the Giants. And AJ has just been a stud. I know Devonta Smith has been awesome all season, but or especially late in the season, but and got off to a massive start in that Giants game last week. But I think AJ is is a true number one. I he's a top. God, there's so many good receivers. I wanted to go top three, but I'll I'll just say top five receiver in the game. I think he's gonna have a big day here. I like it. And and I mean on top of that too. We saw CeeDee Lamb go off last week. He was the only really good cowboy last week. I believe CeeDee ended up with like nine catches. I could see the same production out of AJ this weekend. I'm going to go with AJ Brown's teammates in this one, and I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard. Dalton Schultz could have had a decent game last week, especially on that last drive, but ended up finding the end zone in this one, and I think – Dallas Goddard could be a deciding factor in this one with that tight end. San Francisco, it is one area that they are a little susceptible to a good receiving tight end. And Dallas Goddard has shown flashes at times, hasn't had the season or career up to this point that we have thought that he was capable of. But I think he could uh, end up finding the end zone this week. But you're right. He had a great game last weekend. So I I love the pick. Uh, my number three overall pick. I'm going to move over to the running back position. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey. Too good to pass up. I can't I I have to go I have to go CMC here. So, uh lock it in, Mr. McCaffrey. I like it. Last position for me is the wide receiver position and I'm going to go with probably the best wide receiver that's left up to this point with the four teams and that's Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, I think, is going to have a big day in this one against that Chiefs defense, and I'll throw him in the lineup this week. We will flip-flop our wide receiver quarterbacks, or wide receivers and quarterbacks from last week, because I'm going to go Mr. Joe Burrow. Joey Joey Ice, or whatever they call him. Joe, Joe Cool. <laughs> uh, I'm going to lock in Burrow here. So those are the four guys. Uh, I'm I'm going out there. Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey, Travis, uh, A.J. Brown, Travis Kelsey. You are rolling out there. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and Dallas Goddard. I like it. I like, I like it. it. These, these are the four guys that i written down, and I uh, got them all. So happy camper <laughs> over here. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> all right. It is mailbag time. I will go ahead and, uh, yeah, just kind of going to have just kind of a grab bag of different items for you running from different quarterbacks people on the hot seat trade value of some players and we're just going to kind of go back and forth here with uh kind of just going over different questions and everything that we have going into this off season not really any huge news or anything else so we figured this would be a perfect time to kind of hit some of those topics we haven't really been able to squeeze into too many episodes up to this point but thought that uh we would go ahead and bring you a segment here. So for the next half hour or so, just going to kind of run through going back and forth with different questions. And guess I'll go ahead and kick it off in this one. And my first question for you, Joe, on this mailbag is this offseason, 
what is the more intriguing division, the AFC South or the NFC South? You've got the Jags, who are pretty much the only established team, but the AFC, you've got Indy with questions, Houston with questions, Tennessee with questions, and then the South is just a shit show. If Tom Brady (laughs) doesn't come back, you've got four teams there that don't have established quarterbacks at all, so what which one do you are you going to be following a little bit more intrigues you a little bit more this offseason i'm going to be following one team and one player <laughs> that's the saints and that's tom brady and one coach sean payton can we do this can we bring sean payton back to the saints can we get tom brady over to new orleans Ooh. brady knows that division <laughs> He'd have, I mean, I'd say his best coach of his career, but he's got Belichick. <coughs> but at least an offense, you know, the best offensive coach he's ever had. The Saints don't have to trade Sean Payton. I mean, Payton no, also do do doesn't have Dennis to come Allen, back. Though. <laughs> What's that? What do you do with Dennis Allen, though, right now? Screw I mean, Dennis Allen. I know. <laughs> Get rid of his ass. Put him back in defensive coordinator. Send him to the Wolves. I don't give a shit about Dennis Allen. Like, let him go find a Go hit up LinkedIn. Who gives a shit about Dennis Allen if you have Sean Payton? And if that's what it takes to get Tom Brady, you could be Chris Olave. Looks like a stud. Maybe Michael Thomas actually stays healthy and can, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to return to his, what was it? God, how long ago was that amazing season? 2019? 20? Is that, is that pre-COVID? Right? Pre-COVID, yeah. Jeez, good. Come on, MT. So 2019, or maybe it was even 18. I mean, again, not saying he's going to return to that type of a player, but he's a nice possession receiver that Tom Brady would like. You'd have your downfield threat and stud young receiver in Chris Olave. Probably need to do a little bit of work at the tight end position, but you do have a really big tight end, at least, in Juwan Johnson that maybe Brady could make work. And like you said, that division sucks. Imagine how bad Tampa's going to be next year. I, I, they're going to be terrible. Yeah. Carolina just, doesn't have a quarterback or a coach unless <laughs> trade back for Baker. Like what is, they don't have a solution there. And the Falcons, I mean, Desmond Ritter, he looked bad. So, and they, unless they want to put Mariota back behind center, uh, you might see, I mean, there were the rumors of Brady and Sean Payton teaming up in Miami. Before, you know, Brady decided to stay and the whole tampering piece. So they've talked about pairing together in the past. Think about it. Think about it. The only thing that throws me off a little bit with that is Sean Payton took time away and stepped away. I don't know that is he really want to come back in for like a two year run with Tom Brady and then have to figure it all out again. I think he'd rather go into a spot that he can get his next Drew Brees and have a long run of success and maybe have a nice Super Bowl window there where, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to find the right situation, team up with Tom Brady, give it a go. But long-term wise for Sean Payton, though, I don't, 
I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a good two year window there, but then that's that's about it. But I believe that's the length of his contract as well. So he could go for With that two year yeah. run, and then he's a free agent again. Saints could, and if the Saints want to offer him a ton of money to stay, maybe they do that again, and he does stick around. But I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but think about it because I haven't yeah. seen that rumor out there much. I've seen Sean Payton linked with all these other teams. But him and Mickey Loomis, the GM of the Saints, still have a nice relationship. They've talked all offseason. Just a couple weeks ago, Sean Sean Payton was on uh, on the herd and was talking and, and said to Colin, it's gonna take it's gonna probably take at least a mid to at least a middle mid round first. So, who's, I mean, the Broncos, yeah, they might want to hire Sean Payton. Do they, is the Bradley Chubb pick enough that, which they got from the, which they, which they got from Miami? Maybe, but, you know, you gotta, you're gonna have to pony up something for Payton, and if Tom Brady goes there, why, why wouldn't Sean Payton stick around? And like you said, maybe it's only a one or two year run, but... They could run the South at least for a season or two. So that's, that's, and then as far as the AFC South, I'm not really interested. That division is such a shit show. I think the Jags are going to be able to run that division for the next three years. So if not further. Yeah. The only thing that intrigues me with the AFC South is I am curious to see what Houston ends up doing in the draft in this offseason because of the young talent that they have. They have a ton of draft capital the next few years. So that, does intrigue me a little bit to see what what route they go there. All right. I'm going to stay I guess I'm going to kick it over to or turn this into a I guess a quarterback conversation. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, their extensions, their big money extensions kick in this after this season. Joe Burrow is owed, I mean, he's owed a big deal. I don't, I'm not saying he would hold out, but he's owed a big deal. Well, how do you see this playing out, I guess, next year when you've got all that money tied up to these quarterbacks, really huge dollars tied up with these teams next year? Do you still see those three teams being at the top of the AFC? Do you see some other team, maybe a Jacksonville type of a team sneaking in there into that top three. I mean, the bills have a lot of guys. You've got a lot of big money guys and Stefan Diggs, Jordan Poyer's going to get a raise. His, his contract takes a big jump. Stefan Diggs, big money player. Von Miller is making a ton of money. Shocker. He got hurt again. So you've got there. There's a lot of decisions that are going to be need, need to be made in Buffalo, Kansas city. The reason they had to make that Tyreek Hill deal is because they straight up weren't weren't going to be able to afford to give him a contract. They're two of their starting offensive linemen, I believe it's both their tackle, their offensive tackles are free agents this upcoming season. Oh, Can so you Orlando afford Brown. to pay Orlando Brown another big deal contract when Mahomes his big deal oh. comes in? And then the Bengals, they've been blessed with that Joe Burrow rookie contract over the first couple over the first three seasons. 
if he comes out and says, I need $45 million plus, which he deserves, how are they going to be able to surround these stud quarterbacks with you know with enough players three of the four teams in this in this or in this uh conference championship round are on rookie are have quarterbacks on rookie deals so i guess how do you see that that afc playing out with all that money that's going to be tied up now with these with the top three quarterbacks in the league I hate talking about this team when they're not relevant right now, but I think you have to kind of go how the Packers have done things over the year. Aaron Rodgers has always been one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, and they've just hit so well in the draft. And that's what you have to focus on is, yes, you keep around the guys that you can, Devontae Adams, so Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, like those guys, Travis Kelsey and KC, favorite targets of the quarterback. But then as far as the offensive line goes, you're not able to afford to keep any of these guys, and you just have to keep hitting in the draft with that and just ride out their rookie deals and then just kind of keep repeating the process. I mean, obviously, if you're paying a quarterback that much money, which that's the direction that the NFL's gone. If you have a decent quarterback, they're making a huge chunk of your salary cap for that season, which that's just how it is. And that's why, like you said, we've seen – Four, three out of the four quarterbacks right now are on rookie deals that are in the playoffs this weekend. And that's the bread and butter for your Super Bowl window. And then after that, it's just hitting in the draft and getting key pieces that way. I mean, because you're not able to afford guys or maybe somebody comes off of an injury and you're giving them kind of a one-year prove-it type deal, which you don't see a ton in the NFL anymore. But that's pretty much what they're going to have to do when you have that much money tied up into that quarterback position, which – Again, I mean, being a Bears fan, I wish we were in an opportunity where we could tie up a bunch of money I in just a quarterback don't down the road. How, but it's just... I don't understand how the Bears <laughs> have still somehow not been able to maneuver cap space while not paying their quarterback since yeah. Jay Cutler. I don't get it. How? Yeah. How? I mean, I guess they had money tied up in like Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson. There's a lot on the defense, too. I mean, you look at are they still paying Lance Briggs? Lance Briggs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a ton of guys. Uh, Peanut Tillman. I mean, you name it. There's a lot of guys on that team that were making money. I mean, when Cutler was there too, you had Brandon Marshall that was there at wide receiver. I mean, there's guys that had big contracts, but yeah, no. But like you said, that's that's what I think you have to do. I mean, if you're Cincinnati right now, Joe Mixon probably is not going to be in the future in a couple of years from now. I mean, he's getting up there as far as running back age goes. So that'll be a little bit of a contract that falls off, but you're going to figure out a way to keep Jamar chase there too. when his deal comes up in a couple T. Of Higgins, years. T Higgins. Yeah. I mean, and Higgins is, has one year less on his deal than chase. Yep. So that's going to be, that's going to be tricky. The difference I think here though, is like, these are, Pro, I mean, can we say these are the top three quarterbacks in the league, at least, or at least three of the top four yeah, or five? Three of the top five, at yeah. worst case, yeah, for sure. I mean, those are the guys that you want to pay. The mistake is when you give a guy like Dak Prescott top three in the league money, and Kyler. He can barely crack the top 10 in terms of quarterbacks. Maybe number 12 to 14, kind of in that... (laughs) Shit, I was going to say in that Kirk Cousins range. Throw it right back at at Kirk Cousins, too. I mean, middle of the pack, 
just a you know above average quarterback that can get you to the playoffs and no further. So that's the mistake that you can make as a GM is when you if you do give one of these middle of the road above average quarterbacks a huge deal because you're just so afraid of having to start over. And that's where I go back to the Giants and Daniel Jones where god damn it have the balls to go and you know get yourself a rookie and and start that quarterback clock over because do you really want to be the Vikings barely making the playoffs with a you know a 18 to 22 draft pick every single year not really being able to truly upgrade your squad that much I think that I you know, this wasn't part of the question, but I think that that's that's part of the reason why I get why I think the Giants do need to kind of cut the cord here with Daniel Jones. How much better is he going to be than a rookie coming in? Better, but is he going to get you to the promised land like any of these three quarterbacks can? Absolutely not. So, I just, I don't know. These are the three guys that are worth paying big dollars for. But don't fall into the Cowboys issue right now where you're stuck with Dak to get one playoff win maybe a season. Yeah. All right, let's throw a fun one in here, Joe. It's kind of off the wall. I want to know your your personal top three teams that are the current favorites for the 2024 number one pick. We haven't had free agency or draft at all, but what three franchises are you calling out right now saying, hey, I think you're in the running for that number one pick? <laughs> I I mean, like, I think I have to put Chicago in there. I, if they go Will Anderson here with that number one pick, okay, well, that does nothing for Justin Fields. I don't know how much I can trust Uber flus as <laughs> as a head coach yet. I mean, we we saw Brian Dable come in and turn that Giants team that had two top eight picks in last year's draft into a playoff team and get a win. Matt Eberflus took a team that sucked into the number one overall pick. So I don't know how much I can trust Eberflus here going into this season. I know that Fields showed some bright spots, and that's nice. That's great. But even if they go heavy on wide receiver, heavy on offensive line, those guys are going to be rookies this year. And, it, you know, if you go heavy in the draft there, a lot of times it takes more than just a year. It could take two, three years for these offensive linemen to develop in the NFL. So I don't, unless they go out and and do kind of what Miami did and pay for a bunch of high-end offensive linemen in free agency. I don't see much relief for Justin Fields. I got to put the Bears in there. I'll go I, I I'll go Panthers as well. I I I guess it might depend if they do end up somehow getting a quarterback or, you know, maybe they end up with the Derek Carr type. Maybe they end up with Sean Payton and Derek Carr teaming up. Payton had he interviewed with uh, with Carolina this week for, I believe, a second time. So he's clearly got some interest there, and I'm sure David Tepper, the owner, one of the mo- one of the richer owners in the NFL, 
doesn't give a shit about what he has to pay to get Sean Payton. So I think that might be it. That if that happens, that probably takes Carolina out of the running a little bit for that number one or a top three pick. But um, I mean, right now they don't have a quarterback. If they run out their Sam Darnold again, <laughs> you're looking at a four four and thirteen squad max. So I think they're going to be in contention for that top three pick. And I mean, the Colts are so damn dysfunctional. If Jeff Saturday's there, if they end up hiring Jeff Saturday, <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of buzz out there that Jeff Saturday might be their guy. Jim Ursay, oh, like, figure this out. You can't hire Jeff Saturday just because he's your buddy. But if they do, I mean, the Colts are the Colts are doomed. So I'll go. I'll go with Bears, Panther. I guess three top, or you know, three teams that have top nine picks. I believe in this draft. I think they all might be sitting there again next year with with top three picks. Even if the Colts do end up drafting. At the four spot, a Will Levis or something. Will Levis ain't ready to start day one. He's not going to make a difference day one, so I think Indy's in there too. I've got three different teams here. I think Houston's going to fall in there again. I know they're going to get their quarterback of the future this year, but they're going to have a really young team, and they could end up a route very similar to, I'm not saying that the quarterback they draft is going to be Trevor Lawrence, but could be similar to the Jags where – you draft your quarterback, get the number one pick again the next year, and then see what you got working that next year there. I mean, they've got the draft capital the next couple of years, so they could be a team that ends up making big improvements there. But I just I don't see a rookie quarterback coming in next year with what they have and being able to get out of the bottom five of the league for sure. Another team is Atlanta. What is Atlanta doing? Good. Right okay, now? that's yeah, that's <laughs> just, a, that's a, that's a big miss just, by me. Good call. Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter. I mean, they don't have a number one wide receiver. I mean, Drake London was better at the end of the year, but I don't, what is Kyle Pitts even? I mean, he hasn't – Randy was hurt this last year, but he didn't look good up until that point. The defense – well, we all know their defense. Blowing leads since, what, 2017? I mean, Jesus. And then I think the third team is without, without Tampa Tom. Oh. I, what does Tampa Bay look like next year? I mean, you've got playoff Lenny who didn't heavy look Lenny. We'll see what he's heavy <laughs> Lenny. Yeah. Mike Evans, what a terrible year he had for the most part this year. Chris Godwin took a step back, it seemed like, as well. I mean, their defense is getting up there in age as well. I, I think you're going to see a huge rehaul there that that could end up leading them into that pick in the top five. So those are three teams I look at right now that are like, eh, I don't know if they're going to be very good. And I don't really see a way that they're going to be good. And even free agency wise, I mean, Atlanta's problem quarterback. I, I don't know how you're going to solve that Houston. Like I said, I think they'll just be a young team and just kind of developing and working together under a first year coach, kind of trying to come together. And then, Again, Tampa Bay, without Tom, what are you doing for your quarterback? I mean, those are probably Band-Aid spots. I mean, none of them really have any draft capital to go out and get one of these top guys this year unless you trade up and trade away a huge chunk of the future. But Yeah, know. Atlanta, that was a big miss by me. I, I think that they're 
destined to <laughs> I'm surprised they aren't already <laughs> in the top three right now. They somehow were able to yeah. put enough wins together in some weird Probably ways, especially early shit. in the season. <laughs> but yeah, that division is that might be that might be the Falcons' downfall top- in not being able to get the number one <laughs> pick because that divi- the rest of that division is so crappy. Yeah, I mean that helped the Bears. They had three teams that were just about right. in the playoffs. So that yeah, that's a huge uh, huge factor. I've got a little bit of a two parter here, and it is it revolves around San Fran. Or as they say in California, San Francisco. Apparently, it's apparently it's a uh, kind of like a cardinal sin to call it San Fran if you're there. So just and don't call it and just don't call, sure it Cal, call it Cal. Call it California. These high maintenance uh, Californians, <laughs> evidently. Uh, yeah. Just remember, Joel, if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear a <laughs> all time great. <laughs> okay, so I guess my two two part question here. Let's say the Niners make the Super Bowl. They beat Philly here. I and don't even think about what happens in the Super Bowl. If Brock Purdy or sorry, if somebody offers you a first round pick for Brock Purdy, do you take it? You've already got all that capital in Trey Lance that you've invested in Trey Lance. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. If somebody offers you a first, do you take that? I mean, if it was a top 10 pick for sure, but I Trey Lance is an absolute unknown right now that like we had touched on was it last episode or earlier today that with the or yesterday with the Giants. I mean, he's got two years left on his deal essentially. One year next offseason or the offseason after that, you're having to pick up his fifth year. After option next already. season. You don't know what you have. You have to make that call. So No. I I don't know. I think you've seen enough. I mean, look at just the pressure situations he's been in in the playoffs. And as a seventh round Mr. Irrelevant pick, the strides that he's made since he's taken over, he's undefeated right now. And I'm not saying that he's going to be the next superstar quarterback in the league, but with Kyle Shanahan's offense, this is all you need is what Brock Purdy is doing right now. So I don't know if I would. I think Brock Purdy's your starter and you shop Trey Lance. I I don't know what you're going to get, but – I don't know. And if if Trey Lance, if you still want to see what he's got, the way that the quarterbacks get hurt in San Francisco, I'm not trading either of them because you're going to need Brock Purdy or Trey Lance down the road. So I guess that leads me but, to my uh, second question number two here. Obvious. Okay, I'm going to also say I'm going to agree with you. Turn down a first-round pick for Purdy. Not only is he performing extremely well, but... He's also costing you like $750,000. So you can afford, that's what allows you to afford giving Nick Bosa a massive extension. Allows you to continue to pay for Trent Williams, uh, Fred Warner's big contract that he got, and potentially Kittle, Kittle, Debo. Debo's big contract, and possibly go out and CMC. find it. <laughs> exactly. Like, like. <laughs> 
and this team, if if you were to if you were to be paying Purdy big money here, you're looking at a different squad. One of those, at least one of those guys is gone, and you might be looking at a completely different San Francisco team. So, I'm in complete agreement. Unless it's a top five pick, maybe. I mean, you said top ten. Shit, if it's number eight. I don't even know if I'm going to do that because what am I going to do at quarterback no. then? Then I'm stuck with Trey Lance and go get Nate Sudfeld as my backup. Like then, <laughs> then what happens when Trey Lance goes down again? So, <laughs> so I don't, unless it's a pick high enough where I can get a quarterback, uh, one of the high end guys, I don't think I'm moving off a of Purdy, which sounds insane in theory, given the capital that you've invested in Trey Lance, but Purdy's been awesome. So, that brings me to question number two, given that we aren't moving off of Brock Purdy. what do You you mentioned, I, so my question is, what do you do with Trey Lance? You said you'd think about keeping him around just as a backup, but what if somebody offers you a second? What if somebody offers you a third... I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, you, you're going to have to move off. If you're keeping Purdy around, you're moving off a tray eventually. They gave up a ton of draft capital to give up to get Christian McCaffrey. They gave up a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth to get McCaffrey. So, And they gave up a ton to get Trey Lance in the building. So they're low on, they're low on draft capital. They need cheap players given... All those big contracts that we just named, and that's what makes Purdy so just as obviously so valuable. So they need to keep reinforcing that roster with cheap players, rookies, second-year players. What is it? What is it going to take for you to move off of Trey Lance? You mentioned Tennessee on yesterday's episode as a potential landing spot. I love it. Giants. Oh, you said Giants. Giants okay. Well, I also love Tennessee, yep. given that the. <laughs> They're a director of player person at the San Fran's San Francisco's, excuse me, uh, director of player personnel took over as the GM for the Titans. I think that fits ideal. I love the Giants fit. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that I hadn't that didn't even cross my mind. What is it going to take for one of those teams to say to, to offer to you if you're John Lynch? And part ways with Trey Lance and just plow forward with Brock Purdy as your your day one starter. Yeah, it's hard because obviously Trey Lance's stock is in the toilet right now. So you're not going to get a ton from him. I mean, yeah, if somebody offered a second, I think if you're San Fran, I'd move off of him for sure. I mean, like I said, you're going to have to decide after next season what his status is going to be with your team. Brock Purdy's shown you a lot in the playoffs and shown you that he is a quarterback that's capable of running your offense and has been super productive with it as they're starting off their third-string quarterback on the season. But, yeah, so somebody offers a second-round pick. I mean, another team, too, that if you're the Colts, why – I mean, if somebody's not sitting there in the draft this year that you like, why – I mean, you're going to have to trade that prior to it, but if you know you're not going to get Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and you don't want a project, and Will Levis. Well, you've you got a project right now, Anthony though, Richardson. but if you're saying Trey Lance, he's still a project at this yeah, point. But, yeah. I, is he more? Is, is Trey Lance more ready to be a starter than Will Levis? 
I mean, I eh, you sure? Just the injuries throw me off. I don't like Will Levis at all. I think he's gonna be a bust. So okay, well, so far Trey <laughs> Lance is I think a of bust. Will Levis. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen I, him on the field much, but the little bit of playing time that he got, no. yeah, he looks dynamic at times, but he also looks like Zach Wilson at times. Yeah. I don't know. He's an intriguing person because, like I said, it's a ton of quarterback needy teams. People are going to dive into the well trying to find somebody and trying to find a franchise quarterback without having to give up a ton to get into the top of the draft. And I don't know. That's... Kind of where I okay, would say Tampa that. has uh, this would be probably giving up too much. I'm just looking at Tampa, they've got the number 19 pick. I don't think you give that up for Lance. Obviously, if you're the Niners, no, you, I wouldn't first. You, you celebrate, yeah, for sure. you shoot off fireworks at that offer, but yeah, I think a second or like a couple thirds or something like that for Lance would be, I don't know, but you don't know that. John Lynch, they're the ones that traded up and drafted Trey Lance and loved him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason. But like you said, I don't know how with what Purdy's done, he's not their starter next yep. season. I just I, – I don't know. 100% on it. All right. Any more quick ones, Joe? Probably have time for one more quick um, one. If you got I one. guess I've just got one final comment on Brock Purdy, which is – more more of a more of an observation than a question. Just something that I want the listeners to hear. Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott have the same amount of playoff wins in their career. Holy crap! <laughs> Insane. Insane. What's the difference between those two guys? Purdy looked like the better quarterback that day. Back when Dak first came in as a fourth-round pick under a cheap contract, he had a stud offensive line. He had Zeke was in his prime. He had a they had a really nice defense. He had good skill position players. It's the same damn thing that Brock Purdy has with the Niners. Like, there's no freaking difference between the and right now Brock Purdy's playing better than Dak is now. There's no difference. They have the same amount of playoff wins. One's making 40 plus million dollars. One's making like 790K. More of an observation than a question. If you've got one more, the floor is yours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a a fun fact. And I guess the only thing else I'll throw out there is the fact that we get to see a nice uh, Iowa State versus Oklahoma rematch in Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts and uh, Sunday this week. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to that. Game of the week. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I agree. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports. Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Go to YouTube. Type in Dead Arm Sports. Make sure you subscribe. Click the bell there. That way you know when our live episodes drop. Ask us questions during that live session via the chat on the right-hand side of the screen. We'll be sure to answer that. You can follow Gel at Das Gel. I can be found at Das JPEG on our socials. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Send us a screenshot of that review. You will get some swag. What are those? Platforms? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever your chosen listening platform is. Take a screenshot of that written review. Send it to us on our socials at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter or Instagram. Straight to those DMs, slide into those DMs. 
<laughs> slide in like hey! stealing home. <laughs> a nice clean <laughs> example of sliding in. I like it. <laughs> also find us on YouTube, search that arm sports, subscribe there, hit the bell, get our notifications. Thank you Ding! very much. <laughs> All right, that'll wrap it up. Uh, Hopefully everybody enjoyed the podcast. If you could tell someone you know, that would be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, hopefully this is a fantastic weekend of football. Well, I guess I should say Sunday. No more Saturday games. But, yeah, looking forward to it. And we'll uh, be back to talk about it next week. Shout out to the Fox announcing crew, Joe Davis, for sucking my ass. Get off my screen. We'll